Hello everyone, I'm Mariah, the founder of Content Queen, a content agency and educational business for entrepreneurs and online business owners. I'm a digital nomad, passionate traveler, serial rambler, and big dreamer with a purpose to inform and educate. So I started this podcast to help more people like you on all things content creation, marketing, and business to help you build a more profitable brand using content marketing as a strategy. Join me as I share my top tips, my struggles, and my triumphs to help you in your business. But remember, content is king, and that's why I love being the content queen. Hello, gang. How are we all? I hope you're having the most incredible week so far. Uh, as I currently record this, I'm gearing up to head to Sydney. And yeah, there's lots to do when you want to move, even if it is for a shorter period of time. But it's all part of the adventure. Now, before we dive into today's episode and the guest, I, I really loved this, this interview and it really made me look at content creation a little bit more differently and just really getting that sort of um, short, sharp, but very effective content out there for your audience. So really go in to this episode with a, um, a real, I guess, you don't need an open mind because I'm it's not what it's about, but just really that, that sort of creative cap on of how less can be more and how you can really use um, the form of art to create content. So let me introduce our guest, James, from Inflection Media uh, Studios. So let me introduce James from Inflection Studios, and then we'll come back and do a little wrap up uh, before we finish the episode. But James is the CEO of Inflection Studios, a company where creativity is at its core. He is a contributing writer for Forbes on startups and disruptive technologies and has been a commentator about disruptive tech on CNBC, Sky News and ABC. He is also a spoken word artist who is writing and reciting rhymes to ignite new paradigms. Oh, love that. Love that rhyme right there, James. So let's hear from James and all about simplicity in content, minimalism in content, and how to use it as an art form. Okay. Thank you so much for joining the show, James. Can you please tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and your business? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Mariah, first and foremost. Um, I'm pumped to this one. So a little bit about myself. I have never worked for anybody else. I've been building my own businesses for the good part of the last decade or so. Uh, the main business that I'm working on now, I have two companies. One's based around technology, which has been largely my background. Um, and the second is based around media. And so really the, the, the origin story for these is just around the leverage. You know, what are the most powerful forms of leverage today? And, you know, high level, there are four. There's labor and capital, which are the two oldest forms. So money and you have a team to do things. And the two newest forms are, code, which is technology and media. And so no coincidence that my two companies are around that. So my media company, essentially what we focus on doing now is creating content that doesn't suck to be very blunt. Um, that's the difference. Like creativity is at our heart to, and we try to create brands that set, like that set you apart, right? Like that's the kind of the hook you can kind of think of. Um, but the real difference there is there's just a gluttony and a saturation of content now. So it's not really about like quantity of content, which is a bit trite and cliche to say, you know, it's about quality, not quantity. But it's more like if you just continue to double down, it's like 
creating something that's truly unique, truly authentic and how we position a lot of the content we create now. It's like the content is quite literally like art. So we have incredible designers, like we write poetry for brands. Like we really want to position it as art because that's the way you can really stand out. Because if you really feel through what art is, it's like the purest expression of somebody's soul, right? Mm. And if you really think about that as a business, well, business being it's an extension of the founders or you know the core team, truly being able to express their soul and their mission through their content, well, that's creating art for a business. So mm. in a nutshell, that's what we do. I love that. It is a really nice way to explain your business. And I think um, something I've been reflecting on a lot as we spoke about before I hit record was just trying to be really intentional with the stuff you create and having purpose around it, which I've been talking about in recent weeks. So that aligns perfectly with what I've been talking about lately. And so I want to talk about content marketing, of course. Um, And before we go into your thoughts around, you know, creating art for a business and um, creating minimalist content. I would love to pick your brain and talk about how you use content marketing in your business and what channels you use to really show up for your audience. Yeah, cool. So, you know, I've been really gifted with, you know, just through my past businesses and things like that, like a really beautiful network that has really spurred a lot of the word of mouth clients that we've built up and the client base that we have now. But when we really start to think about building a brand into the future, you know, 2022 onwards, you know, what we're looking to do is show, not tell. So instead of me just saying, you know, content, you should create unique content, you know, think about how content could be art. It's like, yeah, how about we just show you what that looks like, right? So how content marketing really works for us is it's a double, we're doubling down and investing in the brand, right? So when you really think about brand, it's like it's the emotional resonance somebody has with your name. It's like when you say Apple, certain connotations immediately come to mind, right? Certain associations, same with Nike, same with, you know, anything. And so, you know, for us, it's the longer play, like content for us forms a really big part of building our brand for the long term. Right. So mm-hmm. when people hear about Inflection Studios, what are just their visceral associations straight away? Right. And we want it to really be, oh, they're they're the company that made that incredible trailer, or they're the company that made that video that went viral, or they're the company that wrote a poem explaining the marketing strategies of Tesla. You know, so that's where we're really pushing a lot of our content. And so, you know, the the standard way, of course, that's built into quote unquote, you know, our content marketing approach, let's say, rather than a strategy that just sounds very transactional to me, um, is this idea of, you know, how can we really beautifully case study our clients as well, right? So mm-hmm. in the same way, you know, some people might have downloadable PDFs or might have, you know, uh, a written piece or written article or anything like that on their website about, you know, how they helped the company. But you know, how do we take that further, right? How do we make a case study really captivating? So in, within it's, it's quite meta in that sense, right? So using actual like art and our creative uh, flair to actually really create a beautiful brand or how do we use that creative flair to show our creative flair for making that beautiful brand, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, something that we'll be dropping in the next two weeks. So by the time this is live, this will probably be live um, is a not-for-profit and a charity in Australia uh, we've created a mini movie for them based on poetry, right? Really to describe, you know, what they do and their impact. And um, yeah, so that's how we really form a lot of our content uh, marketing approach is, you know, let's just show what we do and mm. then the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, amazing. And, and each um, brand you work with has a story, right? And whether you're an entrepreneur that works with one, one-on-one with people, um, everyone has a story and you can share that story. And I think that's, really, really powerful. And 
really what I've noticed in the last, you know, few weeks with my own content or client content is that, you know, the social proof or, you know, the content from your clients, because people can create content for you as well when you're working one-on-one with them. And um, so I think that's super powerful. So thank you for sharing insights into how you guys create content. And you mentioned uh, content creating as art and it is definitely an art form um, and sharing the poetry of brands, like you mentioned earlier. So why is poetry changing business? I'd love for you to tell us more about that because I'm very intrigued to know. Yeah, cool. So so poetry is almost like a metaphor. Like sometimes we're literally writing poetry and poetry is a big part of my life, but poetry is more a metaphor for, you know, the unique story of somebody's brand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of what I alluded to before, Mariah, in terms of like poetry actually being um, or art being an expression of the purest soul or the purest essence of a company's mission or a company's values or anything like that. In the same way, you know, for myself, my art form, which is both business and poetry, is an expression of my values and who I really am. And so why poetry is actually so so interesting to me and why it's really interesting to a lot of the, the clients I work with is because there's just probably a million different blog posts out there. There's like thousands and thousands and thousands of different copywriters. You know, I know you have a background in journalism. You know, I, I've had my days where I was, you know, a contributing writer on Forbes and I was doing all of that stuff. And, you know, it, for me now, like just pure prose, like pure writing in terms of articles and stuff, that's dime a dozen, right? Mm. And so I'm not doing poetry as a way, just a way to stand out. Really, poetry is the most authentic expression of my means for communication now, right? It's it's hilarious. Even in like my meetings with my team or even in my day-to-day interactions with people, I find it sometimes hard not to rhyme, which, you know, is, is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, poetry, I think, is just a really interesting means of communication, right? Mm. Because, you know, imbued in what poetry actually is, is a compression of complexity. Because, you know, there, there is, I love the saying, a good explanation has exponential reach. But if you really break that down and you think about why quotes are actually so profound, even though they're so pithy, you know, even I love littering in alliteration along the way there too, is just this idea, like you can say something in like five words and just change somebody's life. Mm. It can land so powerfully in five words. So it's not really about the quantity of words. It's about, you know, it's about the sequence of words. It's about, you know, pun unintended here, but really is like the poetry of language. And so, you know, for me, language is so powerful, um, is so, so powerful and can have such reach. And if I really just keep on coming back to, you know, one of the big missions behind what we do at Inflection is, you know, how to show people the power of leverage. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, leverage means using less, but doing more. So poetry in and of itself is a beautiful embodiment of leverage. Because I can use less words and whether it's the, you know, (laughs) the final parts of the sentence rhyme or something like that, or whether it's just, you know, the cadence and the musicality of how the sentence is put together, well, that suddenly has exponential reach. And so for me, in terms of my own alignment of things I'm really passionate about, I'm like, oh yeah, poetry actually is a perfect embodiment of what leverage is. Because I can Mm -hmm. write, you know, a poem in, you know, 300 words and say as much to people, not only in terms of lessons, but also in terms of emotional resonance than somebody could say in 3,000 words. Mm. And that really extends to what I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, just around simplicity. But the way I would really phrase it is, you know, it's compression of complexity. Mm. I love that. And um, I think 
you know, it's interesting how if you you could read, you know, a piece of writing from a poet or a writer and and there's so much story in it. I think that's also with music, right? When we when we actually dive into a song and I have been watching these TikToks on um, what a song actually means and, you know, it could be a three-minute song and there's a whole story in there, right, and it's, there's just so much depth to that song that you just didn't realise. And I think um, what you've explained is sort of very similar in that concept. And as we lead into talking about um, content and being like creating this simple content, um, I would love to know what that means to you. You've kind of described a little bit more now, but what is simple content? What does it look like for us? Like how do we start creating this? Yeah, totally. So there's a few different, um, I guess there's just a few different examples of it you know, a brand that I really loved or a creator I really love uh, is Visualize Value. Um, and so what Visualize Value did, uh, and it's a one-person show, Jack Butcher, he took really profound philosophical quotes and he just made visuals of them, right? So he turned quotes into images. And so that was really unique. Like the means of communication was really unique because the image had a ton of negative space around it, which really just means like it was a few lines, right? But, or it was a simple graph or a simple icon just in the center of like an Instagram quote. Um, it wasn't even a quote. And so you look at it and you're like, oh, there's not much going on the page, but wow, it says so much. Mm. I think that was just the perfect embodiment of what that quote even was. It's like the short quote says so much in so few words. And so what we really try to implement across, you know, the content we create, and I'll talk about a little bit more of the practical um, as well, is that when you really think about it, whether it's, you know, I'm writing a poem about a brand, so instead of an about us section where, you know, that could literally go for hundreds of words, thousands of words, whatever. Again, as I said, it could be like a 300 word poem. And like that describes what that company is doing, that company's mission way better than you could do with, you know, more words. Well, the same mm-hmm. thing's true when we look at, you know, you talk about Instagram carousels, you talk about, you know, social content, things like that. Well, again, like how can we do, how can we do more with less, right? Mm -hmm. How do we use, you know, those concepts of visualized value and take a really complex idea that they're trying to communicate. And I'm not even talking about an infographic, you know, that you download. I'm talking about like, how do you put like four elements on the page, three elements on the page, even two elements on the page to communicate the the same message of what that company is trying to do. And for me, that is so interesting in this day and age where, you know, when everyone's zigging you zag, when everyone's putting out more content, yeah, you might match it in terms of volume, but the actual um, content of your the contents of your content is something that's really simple and so <laughs> that's what we really try to focus on and even you know I love uh, there's a blog by Scott Dilbert the day you became a better writer where he just talks about like uh, yeah he talks about just like taking words away like when mm. you're editing it's about just how do you say more with less and so that's really informs a lot of my writing and so you know, again, that's the same thing when we're writing copy for clients or anything like that. It's how do we take those principles as well when you're actually, you know, using shorter, more simple content to explain mm. more. Yeah. And this is definitely something that takes time for anyone listening. It's like, oh, how do I even do that? Especially if you're used to rambling a lot or, you know, you add little bits and pieces, but just like, every time you look at a piece of content, like how can you simplify it more and how can you break that down? And it definitely takes time. I'm sure, um, you know, James has been doing this for a long time. So definitely just keep, um, and, and this is why reviewing is really important, right? This is why reflection is so important when we are 
marketing our business or creating content because we need to always be like looking at it, seeing how we can make it better or, or simpler, um, as you mentioned. So I guess, um, I know you don't like the word strategy, so I won't, I won't use it, <laughs> but uh, how can we add this simple type of content into our plan? Like, do you look at, okay, maybe doing more, like less words, more visuals, as you said, or what, what can that look like for someone listening? It's like, all right, I want to start adding more simple content into my plan how do I, what does that look like for me? Is it more video? Do you touch on more video? Um, you know, you mentioned you're doing, you've been doing trailers and, and short films and things for clients. Like, is it video that what platform is it that people can really leverage this on? Yeah. Amazing. Really great question. Um, so when you really think about it from a practical point of view, how do you do it? Well, it's kind of those adages of uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. And, you know, a video is worth a thousand pictures, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of direction, right? So if you can say what you're trying to say through uh, an image, then most likely preference an image. But like, there's a few caveats with these things. Number one is I don't know your audience, whether they're, you know, solo creators or whether they're companies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a solo creator or even if you're a company, well, it's, been, it's important to be really cognizant of the fact that, you know, you may have certain skill sets. Um, that will lead you a certain way. You might not actually be a designer, you might be a writer. So when we're saying, you know, create like an image or create, you know, an infographic or, you know, beautiful visual, you're like, parts of you might be really intimidated by that, right? So the caveat there is assuming you have optionality and assuming that you actually can, you know, do a number of different sorts of, uh, um, create a number of different forms of content. Yeah, I would definitely preference the ones that are going to get the highest engagement. And if we look at it right now, the direction we're, we're going towards is we're just going towards way more shorter form video content. Mm. So you've mentioned TikTok a couple of times now, Mariah. Um, obviously, that's blowing up, but you just see the other platforms starting to follow suit, right? In the same way, when Snapchat started to blow up, we saw like a lot more stories, like stories got implemented on Instagram. And then, you know, even there's stories on uh, LinkedIn now and stories on Facebook and all of those things, right? So that was a real shift in consumer behavior that really was the catalyst for why a lot of different platforms are in implementing that feature. Or well, we're seeing the exact same thing with TikTok, right? So TikTok, you know, 60 seconds or less, those forms of like short form video content. Well, now we've just seen the introduction of Instagram reels and then YouTube shorts, as well as, you know, even LinkedIn looking towards that direction as well. So it's just really having an eye on those trends and seeing, you know, the direction of those. And if you really follow that vector, then what you start to see is like, okay, well, the algorithms are actually going to start to preference shorter form content because that's what their new features are. So they want to push that feature more, right? You think about, you know, they're trying to push more engagement, put yourself in the shoes of the actual platform. And so when you actually deconstruct that, it's like, yeah, short form videos under 60 seconds would be my assertion is, yeah, that's my bet Mm. of where content's going. Yeah. And it, I did a really good podcast interview a couple of months ago about TikTok and, um, you know, it's every second counts. And if you think uh, when you're scrolling through reels or even stories, if it doesn't like capture you straight away, you're going to just move on. So it's like even that first like millisecond at the start of a video is just like so important. And I think what happens is when we do maybe create a longer form video, maybe it's a trailer or something as well, we forget that once the content get longer, we still have that like really short window to capture our audience. So it's like getting that really like that message strong at the beginning. And I know um, that's why simple messages are really important and, and just getting directly to the point, you know, not of course we want to tell a story and a narrative in our content, but if we can 
land the purpose at the start. It's really, it's like why we've got headlines in a newspaper or why we have, you know, a hook at the start of a caption on Instagram. Like it's that, it's exactly the same in video. It's like, well, how can I capture my audience really quickly um, with the space that I have? And it's just utilizing that. And so talking about breaking through the noise, because there's a lot of content, as you mentioned, yeah. um, out there, there's a lot of it. And, you know, with this simple content, because I think the mindset is, and just to give you context, a lot of the um, listeners are con- uh, solopreneurs that create their own content, or maybe they outsource it. Um, but I guess it's this, okay, if I simplify my content, how am I going to make it interesting as well at the same time? So what have you found with this balance of simplicity, but also captivating content? I'd love to know kind of how you capture that. Yeah, totally. So it's pretty similar to what you mentioned before, Mariah, in terms of why is there headlines? Why is there hooks and captions? You know, why is, you know, the start of a trailer so important? Well, the simplicity is really like in a lot of ways to grab the attention initially, right? Because if everybody's doing one thing, then like if everybody has a blue shirt on and you wear a yellow shirt, you're going to stand out, right? Well, if everybody is starting their content with a way and it's reasonably dense and they're putting a lot of information or when suddenly your, your, you know, Instagram post or whatever literally has one letter in the middle of a, um, in the middle of like a, a flat color, like a mm-hmm. blank, um, uh, blank photo otherwise, then suddenly that's really different from everybody. And if it was like dot, 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 and then an arrow, People are like, oh, what's that? You know, and mm. it's like, how do you pick curiosity, right? And this, it just comes back to the psychology of attention, really. And it's like, yeah, novelty stands out. And again, it's novelty is all relative, right? So what might be novel to, you know, LinkedIn might not be novel to TikTok or what might be novel to, on Instagram might not be novel on Facebook. So it's really understanding that. And so once you have the lay of the land on the platform that you're trying to, you know, promote on or, as the audience, if you really have a really deep acuity of, um, yeah, of understanding and just being like, okay, cool. Like this is the sort of content they always consume. It's like, all right, cool. What can you do that they're not expecting? Mm. You have that surprise element, then suddenly that you capture their attention and that novelty stands out for them. And it's that literal, that microsecond in those moments, then you can have enough of their attention that you can move to the next stage, which is, you know, showing why you're a little bit different. And Mm. so- you know, how a lot of people think about it, what you just mentioned there, it's like, they think it's the first hook, you know, like the attention span is, you know, seven seconds long, like our initial attention span. Well, you should think about it in terms of um, sets of seven, right? It's not like, okay, now I have the first seven seconds, seven seconds, I've got their attention after that, you know, it can be, you know, boring material, banal material. It's really, yeah, seven seconds. Then the next seven seconds, you have to still hook them. Next seven seconds. And then when you think about it in terms of scrolling, it's not seven seconds. It feels more like, you know, seven milliseconds, right? (laughs) You're scrolling and it's like, no one's going to look at it for seven seconds, you know? And so you just think about that and you need, and the way I used to teach how to make pitch decks with like big, um, big companies and big startups and corporates was, you know, you're telling a story, but your whole purpose of every single slide is just to get them to turn to the next slide. Like forget mm-hmm. about getting them all the way to the end. It's just like it's one foot in step of the other. Uh, sorry, one yeah, one foot in front of the other, right? And so it's like, okay, this slide is it captivating, creating enough intrigue that people want to turn to the next slide? Is this one mm-hmm. creating enough intrigue that people want to turn to the next slide? So you apply the same with your Instagram carousels. You apply the same with you know whether it's you're creating videos or anything like that. You know, the first few seconds, do they even want to keep watching? Do they want to keep watching? And does it build the tension? And then that's when you can add like musicality and crescendos and all this other stuff. But Mm. in a nutshell 
Yeah, I love that. It's really interesting. And what you said about, you know, really finding the novelty in a platform or how you can be different. And this is why also um, being minimal at the beginning with the content channels you actually show up on, right? Because yes, we can have a repurposing strategy and we can, you know, I can turn this podcast into a blog and I can turn this blog into social content and all of that. But if you're first, you know, even if you're not starting out, you've been in business maybe 12 months and sometimes it's like, okay, how can I find have time to actually learn this platform enough to know what people are consuming and then what I can do to make it different? I can scroll through reels right now and I can tell you nearly every video is exactly the same, right? Sometimes I'll watch the same video of the same sound and that's fine with me because someone has a little bit of a different edge on it or I really, and when you say like that pitch deck, it's the same with um, TikTok. It might say like a hook at the start. It's like, oh, well, I need to know the answer. So I need to keep keep going. But I think what happens is we keep repurposing other people's ideas and this is how we're not standing out. We're just being relative to the platform, which is fine. We have to adapt to that platform, but then the content actually doesn't have to. It can be quite different, quite unique. And um, I love how you mentioned that because I think a lot of us just go down that, oh, well, this is what everyone else is doing, so it must work. But you also want to add your own flair to it and what makes you different. And it's exactly when you're doing your business strategy. It's like, why should people hire me? And it's the exact same. Like, why should people watch my content? What makes it different? Yep. What makes it unique? Um, so I really love that you mentioned that. And leading into this, you know, the simplicity of content creation and the messaging, how do we, and this is more for people that maybe aren't marketers or writers, um, how do we actually action start to start crafting these simple messages? Do you have, you know, um, a technique that you use that helps you simplify things? What, what does that look like? Yeah, uh, this might not be as helpful um, for your audience, but like I don't really have like tactics. I mm-hmm. don't approach it in that way. Like for me, especially in terms of this chapter in my like kind of career, like I I feel through things a lot more. Like it's way more intuitive. Like when I was first starting, it was a lot more like tactics and strategies. And, you know, that's why, you know, there's there's a part of me that just errs away from those those words now because like that's not my felt experience of business, right? So, you know, when you're building your first business to get to seven figures, like, yeah, you're probably going to do strategies and tactics and stuff like that. But when you're like, especially in the chapter I'm at now, it's like, yeah, it's more around like building, yeah, building brand, building an extension and expression of who I am. And so, you know, to answer the question of, you know, is there an easy way to simplify things? Um, yeah, I would say it requires a lot of practice to understand the means in which people would best simplify something, right? Mm. And, you know, that sounds a little bit esoteric, but what I really mean by that is, you know, there's the Feynman technique. The Feynman technique came from Richard Feynman, um, Nobel Prize winner, uh, famous physicist. And he just talks about this idea of if you can't explain a concept to a 10-year-old, then you can't, you don't know it well enough. And so for me, it's like, yeah, that's something I've had to practice. Like just because words have been, you know, let's call it my um, weapon of choice. Uh, but it's definitely been something I've been crafting for a very long time. So I've, I've written I would say millions of words. I don't know if that's been hyperbolic or not, but like it feel, feels like it. It'd be true. Grammarly yeah. will tell you, you would have written way more than a million, I'm telling you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I've written a lot of words in my life. So um, being able to compress complexity comes a little bit easier to me with words, right? But like somebody, I haven't spent 10,000 hours drawing, right? So I wouldn't be able to create a beautiful visual like very simply in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really to understand, you know, what's the means of, you know, simplification for anybody who's listening, right? Are they a writer? Are they a singer? Are they a speaker? Are they, you know, an artist? Are they, you know, whatever it is, a poet, rapper, whatever. And so it's just to double down on that area of creativity, because that's something I just definitely align with a whole lot more now is not mm-hmm. to like, yeah, you, you talk about like working on weaknesses and routing yourself out. That's definitely true. But for me, the highest, you know, again, comes back to leverage. Your highest point of leverage is your scarce resource, your specific knowledge, the thing that, you know, you think feels like play and other people feel like work because you're just going to go way deeper in that. And so when you really fine tune those things and identify those things, that's when you double down. And that's when, you know, that's when it becomes more like flow. That's when it's more creative. And that's when you're in a similar position. It's hard to, for you to articulate how other people can do it to the same extent as you because it comes so naturally. So mm. That's probably a way more meta answer, but that's... No, I love it because everyone will be so relieved, one. (laughs) And two, um, it's a journey I've been taking as well. I've recently done my strengths assessment, um, Clifton Strengths with an amazing coach and, you know, not focusing on what, like, obviously you have to do some things that you're weak at when you start out in business because we don't all have money to outsource uh, to begin with but really just building a business that's authentic to you and aligned to you. And that's what I'm all about as well. Um, In terms of like hacky marketing, it's not something that I do or, you know, we can teach you an engagement strategy if people just want to know the right track on, okay, what should I, how, how do I even start? That's cool. But it's all about what feels good for you. And then of course your audience as well, because that's extremely important. But like if you're creating a piece of content for the sake of it, or because you think your audience likes it and you're, you don't have any energy in it, people can tell. Like I'm sure you could go back over some of my podcast episodes and you could pinpoint when I had a bad day. You could pinpoint when I wasn't aligned, like maybe not aligned because I don't really talk about things I'm not aligned to, but, you know, maybe I wasn't in that right energy space. You can tell if you look at my Instagram stories in the last three months, I went through an identity crisis. Like you can sort of, you can actually tell in people's content when they're either not aligned or not authentic to it. And I think... When you are energized, people can see that and it just makes more of a difference. Of course, like when you're working for brands and businesses and they're outsourcing like um, the content, it's it's a bit of a different story. But I love that you said that because I think a lot of people, that's the business that they actually want to create rather than this. Okay, you have to be extremely masculine in your energy. You have to reach out to X amount of people a day. You have to do this. This is like the formula because they're, I mean, there's blueprints that you can use and utilize, but they don't always work if you're not aligned to it. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, That's no great. problem. So um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to quickly pick your brain about um, the the concept of less is more. Like, what does that mean to you? I would love to know. Yeah, awesome. So for me, it just comes down to leverage again, right? And so it is a little bit cliche to say less is more, but mm-hmm. yeah, you just you just think about what, so you think about spending more attention and more attention, both of them, in creating something that has high leverage, right? So what I mean by that is I can explain a concept in, say, three sentences and somebody can explain it in 10 sentences. Just because they explained it in 10 sentences doesn't mean that it was a better explanation than mine, mm. right? The same is true for, let's take code. If you... Like you can write a beautiful, I don't know how many people identify with like code or software engineering, but like, let's, let's call like just Facebook, right? Facebook is one platform, let's say, right? 
And so it's only one platform, which is let's say less platforms, but it has high leverage because a lot of people are on it. So one platform being less is more, Mm -hmm. right? So that was a very high level example. But what I mean by that is, you know, when you're actually coding, you can write a beautiful line of code and it'd be like 10 lines long versus someone who writes something that's quite cumbersome and clunky and might be 50 lines long. It doesn't mean that it's better. Same thing mm-hmm. with an essay. I could, somebody could be like a really, really, really beautiful writer and explain a beautiful concept in 500 words. And you might have somebody who's just starting out writing and they take 2000 words to say the same. Well, using less words, I can say more. And so that is a huge ethos behind a lot of what we do. So in the same way, a 60-second video on TikTok might be able to have more emotional resonance with someone than a five-hour, you know, five-hour live stream, right? Mm. So less time, less content can still say more. So they're my thoughts on it. Mm. And yeah, I'd really encourage everybody just to double down on where they can create something in the less portion so they can say more. Yeah, I love that. And um, I think, you know, we could probably blame university for the reason why we write so much. It's like, get those words in um, because we're constrained to, you have to do a thousand words. And this is the, and, you know, I think breaking habits can be really hard. Like it's, it can be really challenging when you've written a certain way for so long. And then that's why coming back to where you're naturally, where you naturally go to creatively. So like knowing and understanding how you create content is really important. So everyone can just like reflect on this episode and say, where do I actually love creating content? And just like do that and just see how it goes for you. So I love I'm going to leave it there because I think what you said summed it up perfectly. I don't, I don't know if there's anything you want to add. If there is, you can. But um, I just thought what you said was awesome. And thank you so much for joining. But how can people connect and, and find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, feel free to find us at Inflection Studios. I think the spelling will be in like the show notes. Or something. Yes, we'll have it all in the show notes. Yeah, yeah Inflection Studios across like Insta, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, we're just relaunching our Insta and uh, our TikTok and stuff just because we're rebranded now into like studios. Yeah. And so, yeah, you'll find literally our case studies of like Tesla written in poems. You'll find, you know, Amazing. one of um, one of the case studies we're doing for one of uh, the, the companies and uh, not-for-profits we've worked with. And yeah, you'll find a lot of that stuff. And um, yeah, check it out. Drop me a line at, on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so Amazing. yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. It's been really great chatting with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mariah. What do you think about that episode? I really got a lot out of it. I thought it was amazing. I loved that James is very intuitive with how he does business and also how he's really just like going against the grain to create this really a poetic content for big brands and, and big names. I just think That is really, really cool. So make sure you connect with Inflection Studios and see what they're doing um, as they continue to grow and develop their their new Insta, their new social media channels. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was really cool. And especially the the seconds you have to captivate your audience and looking at even your Instagram uh, carousels as these seven second intervals and how you can get people to the next slide, looking at your video content, and how you can, you know, captivate that audience in really just like short amount of time and then continue to captivate them. I I really enjoyed this episode. It's really got me thinking about content creation as a whole and, and really um, just zigging when people zag and, and seeing like 
learning the platform, looking at how people are creating, and then almost, you know, going against that grain or seeing how you can do something to make things different. Like you only have to go on TikTok. Yes, there's a lot of repetition and a lot of repetitive things, but the people that really go niche and go against the grain really get these awesome results in their content. So I really um, challenge you to think about that. Um, and just uh, just finding your art form as well. I love that James touched on that, like what my art form is might not be your art form and, and vice versa. So really just seeing what content you really like to create and just turning it into your own artwork. And when you see content as these, like these pieces of art and, you know, really being able to capture how you're feeling or what you're thinking or the values of your business, like it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm sure that will sort of really help you, I guess, feel inspired, feel like really creative. And also at the same time, like remembering that, as James said, he's been doing this for a long time, um, you know, and been creating and even lots of content creators have been doing this for a long time, but really just starting and, and seeing what you can do with your content to <clears throat> make it different, make it unique, and then continue to grow and develop from there. It is a test trial and measure phase. And you know, you might try something and see how it works for you and see how you feel about it, whether it's, you know, starting on a new channel, really learning that platform, whether it's starting into more graphic elements or more video or whatever that looks like. I just want you to reflect on the channels that you can really learn from and, and go against the grain. And then what, what kind of medium do you show up in? Is it, is it written? Is it visual? Is it, um, you know, graphic, uh, video you know whatever that looks like so i thought it was a really cool episode and i hope you really enjoyed it but be a content queen or king and remember that developing your content develops your business thank you so much for joining me today and please don't forget to share this with all your business and entrepreneurial friends you can do this by adding it to your instagram stories and tagging us at content queen mariah or just simply tell them about it if you rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on it will help me get this podcast out there and share my message Follow me on Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn, and let me know if there's any topic you want to hear about in the future, send me a message and I will be more than happy to cover it. But other than that, have the most amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.